0: I'm Kate Daniels, and I send big wishes to all dads on this Father's Day, and I offer this gift, a conversation with award-winning author and education thought leader, Karu Papritz. The message that resonates through the pages of the Legacy Letters is timeless and so critically important in our life today, so let's get to this important conversation. Karu Papritz, good morning. It is so wonderful to welcome you this morning and really back once again. Although it's been quite a while since we last chatted.
1: Yes, Kate. No, it's great to be back on your show again. And I, I think you pointed out uh, it was about six years ago, and it was a big book tour throughout Washington. And but that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Great memory.
0: It was a lot of fun, and the fact that we're together once again. The fact that we're talking about the legacy letters, here we have, it is legacy, we're talking lifelong, and right now you're here with us because it's Father's Day weekend and really a very special time. An important time legacy all wraps up and interweaves with it, and you of course have some very strong and I feel very solid ideas about the role of fatherhood, the role of uh the father in children's lives
1: yeah i it's and it's funny how that came about just because of and I should tell your listeners a bit about uh, quickly about the book the legacy letters um so it's a series of fictional fictional letters written by a father to his children that he would never live to see. And these letters ultimately become their practical and moral spiritual guidebook that, uh, for the rest of their lives. And, um, it's, um, it really was a interesting journey into all the things I thought were important in life and that had been passed on down to me. And so you're right. It, it, you know, becoming and what's really interesting is I wrote the majority, uh, probably ninety-five percent of the letters uh, before uh, my son was born, and that's an that's an interesting story in and of itself. But um, no, so I did come to some very um, thought out ideas on what it was to be a father and uh, in life.
0: And actually, what that makes me think of is how it takes a long time i mean decades really for us to become wise and really be able to be all of what we are destined to be but of course all of that's called life right yeah, yeah. and that's so true isn't it kate that's
1: the exact thing about it does take years it's like a good wine i guess you know and and to become a good parent or a good uh a steward of 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 your family. Uh, that's a really interesting idea. It does take time to become good at it.
0: And the fact that you wrote this before your son was born, so it's almost like this real important insight for you, but then as a writer, as an author, you're sharing it with the world so the rest of of humanity can benefit from it and learn from it and not have to actually go through all of that living although that is an important part of it right
1: <laughs> right absolutely well i should tell you this is an i'll come back to this story because it's a, it's one of my favorite stories relative not only to the writing of the book but to father's day and you know a lot of talk is about what it means to be a good man in this day and age and to be a good father and so one of the um Many of the letters took years to write. They were, you know, I'd, I'd have a thought and I'd follow it through until it's until its end, and I, I would say, oh, "Okay, I've got to come back to it." And so, one of these letters was on my boy becoming a man, and um, and you know, I was I was down to the end of the book, and I was like, "Gosh, I gotta finish this letter. I don't even know how to finish it," because I was always trying to find the emotional core of whatever letter, the sweet spot that really made me want to read it, let alone write it. And um, so there's my son. He's, he's a week or so old, and he's up on the table in his little crib. And, um, and I look at him, and I say, gosh, I would really like to finish this. Is there any way you can help me? And he goes, <laughs> and I go, oh, really? You mean write the letter to you? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that sounds corny, but that's what it took. And so – out of that came this I'll, – I'll even read a, a passage from it and, and real quick if you don't mind. Please do. Um, so this is from the, from the Legacy Letters. When do you become a man? You become a man when you first decide to put away the things of childhood, the talk of childhood and the thoughts of childhood. You decide because you cannot be treated as both a man and a boy because you are either one or the other, but you are not both. And it doesn't matter your age. You can be a child at 15 or 40. Only when you as a boy decide you're done waiting for the man you want to be and start being the man you want to become, do you begin to become a man. Because becoming a man means doing the right thing, even though it may be hard or difficult. Boys do what is easiest. A man does what is right, whether easy or not.
0: That is so profound and so beautiful, and when you say that you asked your infant son, I really believe that you know. Yes, he was babbling, but <laughs> but there was something that inspired you. You know, there's just something um, spiritual about it.
1: Yes, yeah, that's that's the way I felt at that moment, um, and it, it all of a sudden, as with every single, almost every single piece of writing. When you combine your head and heart, and all of a sudden it comes together, you absolutely know that that's your right. You're right on the the right track. And at that moment, I knew that I was writing the letter to him, and made it made the words that much stronger and much more profound.
0: And now, how old is your son now? About thirteen. Thirteen. Oh, incredible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he's a teenager. Now, yeah. <laughs> now fatherhood takes on a whole new world. Oh
0: my gosh. But having gone through the experience of all that soul searching, I'll say, and great thought, you're regarded as an educational thought leader. Mm -hmm. Having really poured yourself into it, do you feel, (laughs) I, I don't know that you can ever really feel like, oh yeah, I got it. But do you feel a little more empowered in your role as father, as dad?
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's a great question. I'll tell you this. I definitely feel um, where I feel empowered is also (laughs) because I'm humbled, constantly humbled. And uh, I've loved this journey of being a father. It is truly one of the greatest gifts that uh, my wife, has given me and my son has given me. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, you would think that writing a book like that really prepares you in many ways. I I think it did. I'm glad I was, I'm glad I had that under my wing going down the road with him. But, um, on the other hand, it's a, it's a humbling experience being a parent, isn't it?
0: Yes. Now I am not a bio parent, but being a Mm -hmm. step parent by, uh, being an aunt, you know, and looking at these from infants to, you know, all the age to adulthood, it's, it is just an incredible experience and, and really such an honor. Yeah. But also yeah. so can be so frightening as well.
1: Yeah, it's really, I, I constantly talk to my son about what it was like for me to be a kid. Cause I, cause I really try to be fair with him. I think that's one of the the hallmarks of how I communicate with him and that he understands like if he comes to me, he's going to get a fair shake, whatever it may be. And I, I constantly reference my childhood and I constantly reference the emotional feeling of that time. So I'm I'm being pulled back like what was what was I thinking when I was eight? What was I thinking when I was 12 or 13? And and it's been a fascinating that's been a fascinating road trip because you know I have to use that relative to him and then bring that forward and then you know where did my parents fall short or where did they where did it work great for them and and um, and how am I using it now it's one of the interesting places of course has been for me and one of the things I've done a lot of interviews on is uh the digital media and and how it affects families and relationships and how um, it how it undermines the uh, the parental relationship these days, um, and I shouldn't say these days, and the, as in the pandemic days, but these days in general, in modern times, and so that's something that I've been very, um, let's say I haven't been loosey goosey with it. <laughs> I've been a, a bit of a stickler, and it's interesting, Kate, that um, my son, and this is going to sound crazy to some people, but he only, only just got a cell phone. And that's because he's going into high school. And some people would say, I applaud you. And some people say, you should have held on longer. But I tell you, the, the the battle, the tidal wave of trying to deal with the the digital world and the electronic world with your kids these days is, is
0: unrelenting. Oh, indeed. And I think during this time, during this COVID pandemic time, it's probably a little more challenging and stressful because it's being used as this educational vehicle simultaneously to, you know, it being that social interaction. So it's a, it's tough.
1: Yeah, it is tough. It is tough. And I've had to definitely give up on some things at the same time. I've had to also say, all right, guys, we need to, you know, get out the get outdoors, which of course is one of my central tenets of, you know, quality time versus real time. And that's, you know, you still got to get outdoors. You still got to do the things of childhood.
0: Absolutely. So here you are, you know, dealing with your son over over these years and, and sharing with him what you were like, you know, you were saying you reflect back. So you're really being honest, forthright, he's really gaining the experience of a role model of you that way, your honesty, and you're wanting to really grapple with these things and share them with him.
1: Yeah, no, okay, I really like the way you put that, because I, again, that's something I saw, I, you know, when you're a kid, and you get hypocrisy, you, you know the famous "Do as I say, not as I do." As a, as a kid, yes. and that always intrigued me. It's like, well, wait a second, how come you get to do that, or how come you know that doesn't parse in that conversation? That's or that's a white lie, or all those things. And and I think when I grew up, when I became my age now, I thought, nope, we're gonna have to level as, as almost all the times. And if and if I can't, I'm gonna say, hey, I've got to just stand on my parental laurels and say this is the way it's going to be but for the most part it's more it's a conversation and i do think that aspect of asking for opinion i ask his opinion what do you think about that what do you think about that and he who doesn't like to be asked their opinion on something boy talk about respect talk about you know admiration and approval and affection all rolled into one and so i think that um engenders a, a a constant conversation and keeps communication open and especially now coming into these these next years.
0: So what is really empowering and great for your son for any parent any father with their children to to again be the role model to share these things helps them to realize they need to think and to flex that brain muscle of theirs and 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 adjust to when some new kind of challenge comes along.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, isn't that, I mean, we're the the role model thing. I mean, that just comes back in, in spades, especially in this modern era. I mean, we're our examples of leaders and men, and this is not a political thing, but I think we've diminished them and or they've diminished themselves in our eyes. So, the, so kids are sort of, they don't look to – they don't know who to look to to give them the appropriate advice in life. I had, this, was, this was fascinating. I did a um, – this was a few years back, and a high school wanted to do a play of the Legacy Letters, and – and I said, that's fine. You guys can do it. And they ended up doing actually a series of monologues on it. Um, they actually, um, And I said, my only stipulation is I get to talk to you afterwards about it, but I don't want to meet you beforehand because I don't want to paint it. So they did this beautiful series of monologues. And afterwards we met up and I said, okay, what gives? I said, I never in a million years thought that you guys, you your age group would care to even read this book. And I said, what is it about this? And he said, and to a person, they all said, nobody is teaching us these things these days. Mm. Our parents teach us a bit, our grandfathers and grandmothers teach us a bit, but no one's sitting down and talking to us and letting us know that these values and these actions, I mean, as simple as being a gentleman or being a lady or being polite or being, no one's voicing those values and ideas succinctly anymore so i was i was shocked and i've i've seen it ever since over and over and over again
0: that is so incredible uh and obviously uh, really jars us to realize that we are thinking we're doing the right thing and we're just uh what just really not standing up and supporting this generation and really not just this current one, but maybe several generations because we decided to be a little, I'm going to say loosey goosey about how things are. Oh, you know, just let them be and figure it out. But obviously that's, that's not working.
1: No, I think that's all part of the, and especially talking about fatherhood. Now we've, we're surrendering And as i like to put it our right to be the dad and i think that's because of any number of things the least of which is um in these modern days it's just not easy i mean we live in a society that is saturated with distractions we're distracted by the work by the media by our phones and you know it's no wonder that we just don't have the time to spend with our kids they're not the priority anymore and so you know what fills that vacuum well it's the electronic babysitter flip them right in and Take care of it oh i don't have to do that and I say guys that's that's not the way to do it i'm I'm telling you the 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 greatest gift or one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids is the gift of participation, and what I mean by that is you know how easy it is when you're working in the kitchen or doing something they all oh, just take care of it because you can do it ten times quicker than your son or daughter or or your uh, you know your nieces or nephews, but really. At that moment in time, it's like, no, come on in here. They need to learn how to work. They need to know how to do chores. They need to know, you know, they may say, oh, or whatever. No, no, it's absolutely come here and help me, you know, rake, rake the whatever, you know, or, or do the lawn work or change a tire or any of these things that we're not doing because we're so busy or, hey, going to the grocery store. How many kids know how to shop at a grocery store or wash their clothes or i mean there's a lament that kids go to college and i don't know how to i don't know how to wash my clothes they call up and what do i do i go oh no that's not going to be my <laughs> son you know if when, when he goes he's going to be able to you know change the tire wash his clothes and cook the dinner right there
0: right it taking the time with them. If we wanted to have this child, not push them off on a babysitter or push them off, you know, right. to all sorts of other activities, but yes, that participation piece is so, so critical.
1: Yeah. And I really want people to, to grab that phrase and say, "Yeah, the gift of participation, because that's really what it is. It's a gift to give your kids that it's your gift to pass that on. And, and even, and, and let's, let's be honest. And as you were saying, being a a stepmother or being an aunt or whatever, it's not just biological. I mean, it really is about, you know, the the most important thing is to have this consistent, caring presence in this child's life, whoever that may be. And, um, you know, maybe the biological parent isn't is doing a good job. So someone else steps in, but it's, it's not just, it's a person in that. I mean, I think, the Big Brothers of America organization. I had a friend of mine who was involved in that for years, and he said, what a difference it made you know, for, these, for these boys growing up that didn't have a dad. Yes. And boys need a male figure. I mean, I don't know if it's the same as with girls. I mean, I, they definitely do. But boys definitely need to you know, have the, the big dog on the porch and watch what he's doing and to emulate it, emulate that, 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 that role model.
0: Exactly, and as you talk about this and and how important it is, we see that part one problem we have is with uh, broken families, whether it's divorce mm-hmm. or families just separate, that there you have the adults behaving in childish ways, fighting about you know, who's going to have time and weekends or whatever, and maybe pushing the other parent out of the picture, often, you know, making it so dads aren't there. There are numerous reasons, but that makes it so challenging that we need to wake up to that too and think of the child, not of our own feelings.
1: Absolutely, Kate. Gosh, we see that all over the place, don't we? I mean, it's it's across the landscape of of our society, um, you know, I, we see it all the time, and that's why, you know, being an adult is—it's not—it's you really have to work at being mature. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to step up to the plate. You really do, and and in cases like divorce, which I've seen around me. Gosh, they just, you know, it goes out the way they're five years old. You know, they're, you did this, you did
0: this. It's like,
1: are you kidding? Come on. This is about the kids. Right. Always about the kids because you're, you're going to, what you're giving them now is going to stay with them the rest of their life in terms of how they view their primary relationship. Their first primary love relationship in life is the mother and father or or the, the, the two parents, you know, the couples. And however they look at that and – so, yep, you're setting them up for life, guys.
0: Yes. And here, Karu, you've had the writing of this book. This is something that you've been thinking about, you know, for much of your life, your adult life. So it's not that it necessarily is like, okay, I got it handled, right? It still is a process of learning, but wanting to be a better man, right?
1: Oh, Absolutely. All the time, I think that's um, it's almost like a constant uh, mantra or prayer. You know, I waking up and say, "How can I?" Hey, Kate, here's a great point, especially with my son becoming a teenager, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I, I've got this. You know, there, okay, there's my humility showing forth. Like, ah, oh, I know what to do. All of a sudden, the tables turned on me. And that horse was pulling me and I wasn't leading it. I was like, what the heck just happened? So I had to really dig in and as quickly as possible, read up on everything about what it was in this transition time. And I finally got ahead of that curve again, you know, but I was, um, once again, I was humbled thinking, oh, you think you have it, But but staying engaged, I think is one of the biggest things I think. You know, it's not helicoptering. I, I I don't believe that like watching your every moment because you definitely have to learn how to fall and how to fall properly at every single age uh, of of your upbringing. But you, as a parent, need to be there to guide. You need to say, hey, I think this is a better direction. Or if you go this direction, what are the implications? And, um, you know, ha- constantly have those conversations because if you don't, then What's going to fill the void? Well, guess what? The internet is going to fill the void, or social media is going to fill the void, or whatever other things, and they're not necessarily going to lead astray, but they're going to have a whole other set of values that aren't the values that you want to, to bring your
0: child up with. Exactly. And, I, you know, I love your sharing the story of the high school students who did the monologues of the legacy letters, saying that this was something that they had not learned. So, you know, what a void we've had in our society, which maybe is why we see some of the activity that we do see going on around us, so that here we have an opportunity to all of us men dads but women mm. too we're oh, we're absolutely. all in this together
1: yeah right. we really are and i think that's the one of the one of the key things we have to remember and we have to be really conscious of it i just i think the abdication of being a parent and giving over to all the the media out there and it's very powerful it's very twinkly it's very seductive and it's just really easy to fall into is 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 a a false choice. I think the choice is, Hey, yes, we are busy in these lives, but are you too busy to not be in your child's life? And that's, that's a key part. And it's not just the quote unquote quality time. Oh no, it's time. They're you know, they're not concerned with quality. That's a that's an adult paradigm. I mean, quality time is like, Oh, I spent this really good that we got together. No, they just want to hang out with you. I mean, it comes back to that gift of participation. My gosh, you're doing the dishes. Come on over here. We'll just do this together. Or, I'm going out for a walk. Come with. Oh, I don't want to go for. Well, really, well I'll go out. And, you know, and all of a sudden it turns into an adventure. And you're looking at birds and the the trees, or you're talking. Hey, what what type of car is that? Or what the, whatever the case may be. I mean, you engage, and they go, "Wow, this is okay. I'm spending time with my
0: my dad." Right? Yes. Yeah. And if that's been lacking, that's why we're talking about this, is to, you know, get it started. Uh, you know, something as simple as going out and taking a walk. And these days, it it may be a bit challenging, but maybe not. You know, we, we can find an area where, you know, we need to do things at a different speed.
1: Yeah, I like that. We really do. I mean, I think that's one of the central tenets of the book that, that, I that I discovered I discovered it through the readers you know at a certain point you're not the author anymore you're just you're the messenger and the messenger is getting the message from other people and you know I've heard it called a you know a back to basics book or a go slow book or you know those type of things and the go slow idea was really fascinating because it reminded me of what was important in life again it's like wow I guess we do need that every now and then. I guess we do need those people or those books or those movies or whatever the case is or to, to remind us, hey, 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 these, this is really important. These are the important things because guess what? In the bigger scheme of things, um, answering the um, the 500th email at the end of the day is much less important than, you know, spending time with your child or reading a book to them or looking out the stars. I I tell you, Kate, the first thing I did when, when, when my son was born, I asked the nurse, I said, I want to show him the stars. Mm -hmm. She says, well, okay. And she (laughs) opened up the door She said, we're not supposed to do this. And I said, look at that. That's that, you know, it's things like that, that if being that engaged, of wanting to give them something special in life at almost at every single turn of the day and turn of the page.
0: Right. And of course, ideally, to start this from from before they're born... You know, getting prepared for that, but but you know, any time is the right time. It's never too late to really make that effort and have that desire to engage, to really be that. that dad, be the father that our kids are are wanting and needing. Yeah, I, I you just reminded
1: me of something. I haven't done it in quite a, a number of years, but when my son was younger, I would um I would say. Um, at night, just before you go to sleep, it was almost like a little prayer. And I would say, well, what um, what type of man do you want to be? And, of course, I said, do you want to be a, a good man, an honest man, a fair man, and a courageous man? And he goes, yes, I want to be that. And so then afterwards, he'd be able to say the same things. Well, here's the funny story. He was in kindergarten, and they were around in a circle, and the kindergarten teacher says – you know, well, what do you want to be? And what do you want to be? Oh, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a blah, bu- blah, bu- blah. Bu- I want to be. A... And uh, <laughs> my son says, I want to be a fair man. And the teacher goes, oh, you want to be in the circus? And, you know, he doesn't know how to rebut that. And he goes, no, I just want to be a fair man. <laughs> she told me that. And she goes, I didn't understand what he was saying. And I told her and I was I, I got to tell you, as a father at that moment, I was like, oh,
0: oh, my gosh, it really works. Yes. <laughs> your, heart, times. <laughs> your heart swelled, too.
1: Oh, it swelled. <laughs> and I could not believe he said that. And to this day, it's one of my favorite uh, memories of his growing up and that this really worked, you know, and uh, putting words in your child's mouth is not a bad thing. You know, being able to say those things, I guess, please. And thank you are another one, which I'm really big on. So, but that was that little saying, a good man, a fair man, an honest man, and a courageous man, and it worked.
0: That is so beautiful. And what a a great note to be wrapping up on. In addition to, let's mention the website and that this is just such an incredibly important book that, uh, you know, it's never too late to get a Father's Day gift, a birthday gift, a graduation gift, just a gift, period.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful. Yes, um, it's thelegacyletters.com, And um, you can check that out. Also, I've done a lot with literacy and uh, this is a whole other thing that Kate and I should get into with talking about. I have a video series called the I Love to Read series, and we've had literally millions of views on it. And there are all sorts of fun things to get to inspire kids to read, all sorts of adventurous deals. And that's, if you look up Karoo, Papritz, YouTube, or Tube, you can get on that. And, of course, the book can be found on Amazon and, and hopefully your local bookstore. Yes, definitely. That, right? Our Absolutely. local bookstores
0: for sure. You've got that right. You got it, Kate. Well, time goes by just much too quickly, but I am so grateful that we've at least had this much time together and shared an incredibly important message. So happy Father's Day to you. Thank you, Kate. It's a pleasure and an honor to be back on your show again.